Hey yo guys, what is good? Welcome to the Flow Show Podcast where a Florida man covers all things baseball in the flow. You already know. Happy to have everyone on the show with us today here on a Memorial Day Monday. Um, Hopefully to everyone out there, everyone had a good weekend. Hopefully everyone had a safe weekend. And to all of our men and women who unfortunately didn't make it home here on Memorial Day, we do... You know, want to honor you guys. <clears throat> Excuse me. We do want to honor you guys and appreciate for everything that you sacrificed for us. But regardless, we got a lot of stuff to get into on today's show. We got a lot, and I'm talking about a lot because we didn't do a show yesterday. I don't know if you didn't notice, but we didn't do a show. I just got caught up with a few, a few things and didn't really have time. So I was like 11 o'clock at night. I was contemplating. I'm like, do I really want to go do a show now? And I'm like, well, I'll wait till Monday. I'll do like a massive Monday show. And we do have a lot to talk about. We got AAC Baseball Championship Recap. Obviously, yesterday was the final day of the tournament. Talk about that and a major upset win for a Florida school. There's two Florida schools, so (laughs) we'll talk about that here in a minute. We'll talk about our game of the week. We had the Astros Padres as well as the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp and Durham Bulls as our game of the week. And we will announce who our player of the games are for those. Then we also have today the start of the Olympic qualifiers, the America Olympic qualifiers. We'll get all into that as well as we'll be covering that very heavily throughout the week down in St. Lucie, Florida as well as West Palm Beach, as that will kick off this afternoon at 1 p.m. at the top of the hour. So let's get right into it. We'll get right into the AAC Championship, kind of recap that briefly. Lots to get into, so we'll talk about Saturday and what happened. So ECU ended up beating Memphis, the number 8 Memphis, on Friday. They went into Saturday's slate as well as Tulane knocked off Wichita State. So Saturday's matchups, the semifinal matchups, were UCF-ECU, USF, and Tulane, a rematch earlier back in the tournament on Thursday, a game that I actually got to go see. And Jack Jasiak in that game had a very nice day for the USF Bulls. But nonetheless, got a lot to talk about on Saturday's game. So UCF ended up losing to ECU in the first game. They ended up having to play an if necessary game. There were some there was slated to be possibly four games and all four actually were played. So there was a total of four games on that day. I actually had a buddy on Thursday, I think it was. He asked me if I can actually if he wanted me to come up to the booth and, you know, do some PA announcing because he got to the point where it just became very, very difficult because he's been doing it all week. And I'll give a lot of credit to him. He had a lot of work he had to do this week for that tournament. So lots of credit goes out to my man, Dominic Galone. Big shout out to you, my man. Um, so, yeah, UCF not got knocked off by ECU in the first game of two on Saturday. UCF, though, what is, would they be able to clinch the second game in clinching themselves, punching themselves into a ticket? into the championship game on Sunday. We now go into USF. They were able to, they unfortunately lost to Tulane on game 12 on Saturday, their first game of two. They would end up playing another game later in the evening that didn't get done till 1230 in the morning. Isn't that crazy? Um, Yeah, they had a really late night there in Clearwater, Florida. They were able to knock off Tulane, though, in the second game. 
putting themselves into the championship and setting ourselves up for a all-Florida battle, the war on I-4. It was, I mean, talk about a cool way to have your tournament, you know, the war on I-4, obviously, a very big tournament when it comes to us here in the South Florida area. Um, I know it very well just because I've gone to a lot of football games and stuff, and it's pretty big, so... We'll take a look here real quick at the box score for South Florida. They started out on the gate hot. Two runs scored in the first, four in the second. They wouldn't score anything until the fourth. They had a run in the fourth and a run in the sixth. As for UCF, they got it started going in the third. They had a run scored in the third, four in the sixth. But unfortunately for the U or UCF Knights, it just wasn't enough. They also had two in the fifth as well. 7-8-9, no runs scored for either team. And UCF, unfortunately, was not able to knock off the Bulls. The Bulls, the host, if you will, of this tournament. They are they were considered the host of this tournament. So the USF Bulls winning their first ever championship in baseball history, their conference championship at least, in the AAC. USF winning by a score of 8-7. to seven. They had 8 runs on 9 hits, no errors, and 7 runs, 13 hits, and no errors for the Knights. So, again, the Knights not able to come in and get that extra run, at least tie it up heading into the ninth. They unfortunately lost, and the USF Bulls are your conference champions. They are clinching themselves into the tournament. And if you guys don't know, today is actually the day where we will find out the matchups for the NCAA tournament bracket. I will make predictions for that as well, as I will also be making predictions for this America's qualifier for the Olympics in just a little while. That'll be towards the end of the show. But nonetheless, take a look real quick throughout the, I guess you would say the box score and see who had good days. Daniel Cantu, I mean, he dominated in this tournament. He had three hits on four ABs, three ribbies, a walk. He had a strikeout. He did have a run scored as well. A good game for Daniel Cantu on Sunday afternoon. A few other guys who had a good game. Jake Sullivan, the guy who was behind the plate for the Bulls, had a nice day. Two hits on five ABs, one RBI, so a good job for Jake Sullivan. We get into some home runs. We did see a few home runs hit in this game. We saw Riley Hogan hit a home run. His only hit came on that home run there. And Daniel Cantu obviously had a home run as well. As well as Josh Crouch. He had a home run on his line in the game. Uh, going through UCF's line, not bad days. If you guys had some multi-hit games, John Montez, the second baseman for the Knights, had a 3-for-4 day, but not too bad there. Nick Romano had a 2-for-5 day. Um, Jordan Rathbone and Jeffrey Pena both had 2-for-5 days as well. Alex Freeland had a 2-for-4 day. If you guys had a 1-for-2, 1-for-5. So not an awful day for some of these Knights players, but they just weren't able to get that extra run in, weren't able to come in clutch in the late stages of the game. And unfortunately, the Bulls, well, I guess I shouldn't say unfortunate, but the Bulls were able to knock off the UCF Knights. So now looking at the box score and the pitching side of things, Colin Sullivan and A.J. Jones were the starters for both respective squads for the Bulls. Sullivan pitched three innings of work. He did allow six hits, one run, one earned, one walk, two strikeouts. He had 15 ABs, and he paced 16 batters. 
and he pitched 60 pitches in his three innings of work. We saw Baron Stewart get an inning in a third. Logan Lyle had two innings in two thirds. And Orion Kirkring, who ended up the game on Thursday, he came in, he had two innings of work, and finished out the win for the Bulls. As for UCF, A.J. Jones went 1-2. Not a great outing for A.J. Jones. Really didn't look too hot early in the game. Obviously taken out very early, so they had to rely on the bullpen to finish out the rest. Billy McKay went 2 and a third. Nick Vieira went 2 innings. And Zach Bennett went 3 complete innings as well. And really, I mean, honestly, other than, I mean, A.J. Jones really didn't pitch well at all. And he only, his pitch count wasn't that far off, but for 1 and 2 thirds, he had 42 pitches. That's a lot of pitches early in the game, and I understand the reasoning behind taking them out. Uh, the win went to Logan Lyle. The loss obviously went to A.J. Jones, and the save went to Orion Kirkring, his fourth on the season. The game started at 12.02, just a little bit over. Uh, three hours and 19 minutes was the complete st- time of game. Attendance, 1,283, not too bad there on the docket for that game. Again, a uh, good win for the Bulls. Big win for them. Huge to get a you know bid, and now they're going to be in the regional tournament for a possible spot in the national championship game. So we'll see what the Bulls can do in the national title game. Again, we'll take a look real quick at Saturday. Um, the scores for Saturday's games. On game 11, which was the first game between ECU and UCF, ECU won that by a score of 5-2. In game 12, Tulane beat South Florida 16-6 in eight innings. UCF would end up beating East Carolina in game 13. Very very close, actually, 2-1. And then USF was able to beat Tulane 7-1 in game number 14. This is your all-tournament team. Um, I'll, I'll go through real quick. I'll tell you if I if I believe those are right or not. Uh, Josh Crouch, the catcher for UCF, he was your part of the all tournament team. I think that's bright. He had a really good tournament, so no, nothing wrong about that there. Alex Freeland, infielder for UCF, had a good tournament. I'm not gonna complain about that. Jeffrey Payne had a good um, tournament as well, outfielder for UCF. Jordan Rathbone as well deserved it. He had a great great tournament as well. Connor Norby for East Carolina. Had a good tournament infielder for ECU. Daniel Cantu, Riley Hogan, Jack Jaziak, definitely deserving there. Carmine Lane, Brad Lord, all USF guys there in the all-tournament team. And Colin Burns, infielder from Tulane, also made the all-tournament team. So very USF heavy. Daniel Cantu definitely deserves it. Jack Jaziak deserves it as well. A very good outing for Jaziak. Riley Hogan had a good tournament. Carmine Lane, as you mentioned, had a good tournament as well. Overall, I mean, everybody deserved it. I think all those guys deserved where they're at in the tournament team. So definitely awesome to see those guys in there. Um, And then the most outstanding player, or the MVP, if you will, was Daniel Cantu. And, yeah, he definitely deserved that as well. Daniel Cantu had a great tournament. Um, really happy to see him and his success, and I'm excited to see what the Bulls can do, man. I think this is a good team. I just think, can they consistently play at a high level? And that's going to be the key part, especially when you get into regionals. So I'm excited to see where they can uh, go from here. Obviously, we'll be covering them heavily now that they're in the postseason. And since they're a Florida team and we cover baseball in the state of Florida, we'll definitely be looking through that. Now we head into our game of the weeks now. We'll talk about the Padres and Astros game first. As we have mentioned with the Game of the Week episodes, what we do is we usually pick 
a major league game, which it could be any major league team, and then minor leagues will pick a Florida team. It must include a Florida team in the game. So for our major league game, as I mentioned, it's San Diego and Houston. San Diego came into this game at 33 and 20, um, or 33, excuse me, 34 and 19, I should say, excuse me about that. And the Astros came into this game at 27 and 24. On the mound, a good pitching matchup. It was Zach Greinke and Blake Snell, two aces for their teams. So we'll take a look real quick, tell you how everybody did. And for the Astros, even though they won, I mean, realistically, their lineup didn't have a massive day offensively. Jose Altuve went one for four. Everybody had only a singular hit day. Nobody really went too crazy offensively in today's game. I would say... A good guy who had a good day was Kyle Tucker. He had a hit one. He went one for four with three RBIs. Definitely was one of the big contributors in the win for the Houston Astros. A um, few other guys who had a good game. Uh, Diaz Al- Alamedas Diaz had a good game for the Strohs. Take a look real quick at the pitching line now for the Strohs. Zach Greinke had eight innings of complete work, six hits allowed, one run, one earned, one walk, four strikeouts, and a homer allowed. There was a homer for the Astros offensively today. It was Kyle Tucker who hit one in the first inning. That was the only homer hit. Diaz also had a double today. Um, So overall, I mean, Greinke had a Fantastic pitching outing for the Astros. We now go into the Padres line box score, if you will. Take a look real quick how they did. Uh, Rivas had a nice little day. He went two for four. A few other guys had a one-hit day. Pretty much one through six all had at least a hit today. Um, The only guy who didn't get a hit was Marcano, who didn't end up getting a hit, the second baseman for the Padres. Pitching-wise, for Blake Snell, not a bad, not a great day for Snell, I guess I should say. Snell had three innings of work, five hits allowed, seven runs allowed, seven earned, three walks, three strikeouts, and one homer. Joe Musgrove had to clean up, clean up the mess a little bit. He actually had some good innings of work, five innings. But if you're the, the Padres, you do not want to be using your starters, and unfortunately, that's what happened. Four runs scored in the first by Houston, three in the third by Houston, and they would not look back. They would actually hold on to the win. The Padres did have three runs in the ninth. They also had a run in the fifth. But other than that, nothing crazy from the Padres, from the Friars, if you will. Uh, two home runs were hit in the game. Revis hit one in the fifth. That was that one home run. That was that one home run that was hit. That one run scored. We had Will Myers hitting a home run, and Hin Seung Kim also had a home run as well on the day. So overall, not a terrible day for those two. But again, the Padres and the Strohs ending on a final score of seven to four. Padres losing by three runs. Padres had four runs on nine hits, no errors for Houston. Seven runs on five hits and no errors. Player of the game. This is going to be really easy. I think Zach Greinke's a player of the game. He had a great outing, eight innings of work, didn't allow too much in his outing. And, I mean, that's an impressive day for Zach Greinke. Give the credit to Greinke. And uh, he kept the Astros pretty much kept the Padres from doing anything in today's games or yesterday's game. So give a credit to Granke. He's a player of the game for the Houston Astros in our player, in our game of the week. So uh, again, the Astros, a big win for them, obviously. And we'll take a look real quick at the schedule now upcoming for both squads here on the, here on the week. We'll take a look real quick. Give me one second. 
and I pressed the wrong thing here. Um, yeah, good day for Zach Greinke. I mean, eight innings of work, and to be able to stop a good team like the San Diego Padres is impressive. So, uh, nice day for Greinke and company. Let's take a look here real quick, though, at the schedule for the Astros. After yesterday's game, they will take on the Boston Red Sox at home. And as for the San Diego Padres, the Swingin' Friars, they will take on the Chicago Cubs up in Chicago. So Chris Paddock will be on the mound in today's game, um, as a lot of teams are going to be playing some afternoon games due to it being Memorial Day. So that is your schedule there. We'll now take a look real quick at our minor league game of the week, which is going to be the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp and the Durham Bulls. And the Jumbo Shrimp coming in clutch, winning by a score of 5 to nothing on a two-hitter, if you will. Uh, take a look real quick at the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp's lineup and how they did. Monty Harrison had a nice game. He had a run, a hit on three ABs. He had two RBIs on the day. Uh, Bird had a good day as well. Two hits on four ABs. We also saw Jesus Sanchez as well. He only had an AB. He did get out early. Um, let's see here. Josh Harris, uh, not Josh Harrison. Luis Brinson had a one for three day. So a few different players getting some work in. We'll take a look real quick at the pitching side of things. Josh Smith went seven innings of work. A good day for Smith. Actually, he had two hits allowed, no runs, no earned. It might be a pitcher's player of the game, if you will. But take a look at Jacksonville's box score. Five runs on eight hits and no errors on the day for the Jumbo Shrimp. As for the Durham Bulls, they were very quiet today. Bolt was the only, Ryan Bolt was the only guy who had a multi-hit game, and he was the only guy who hit had any hits on the day for the Durham Bulls. Two hits on four ABs. The remainder of the offense was quiet today. Bradell Bruhan had nothing. Franco did nothing. Josh Lowe did absolutely nothing. Kevin Padlow did nothing. Dalton Kelly. Um, D.V. Grulian had nothing going on. Sullivan had nothing going on. I mean, it was a very quiet day for the Durham Bulls offensively. We'll take a look real quick at pitching, the pitching side of things. And not a great day pitching. We saw Honeywell come in. Rasmussen came in. Ellis started the game. He had one inning of work. And actually didn't do too bad, but they De, Horta came in and really sunk it up. Five hits allowed, four runs, four earned, one walk, one strikeout for the Durham Bulls. So not a great day for De Horta and the Bulls. Um, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp now go to 14-10. and 10. The Durham Bulls 17-7. and 7. A nice job so far for the Bulls. And that again, if you guys don't know, they are starting a minor league. If you will, like it's like a minor league. I don't know what it's called. It's like a series or something. It's like Surf and Turf, I think, series. Uh, it's kind of cool, actually. So the way it's working is whichever team wins the season series between these two squads, they will have to give away the opposing team's T-shirt. So say if Jacksonville wins the series, Durham Bulls will have to give away shirts that have Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimps logos on it. So it's kind of cool, kind of a neat idea, good for fans. But again, Durham Bulls drop to the Jumbo Shrimp, 5 nothing. Good win for the Jumbo Shrimp, man. A big win. Able to quiet off that offense, which is a very good offense for the Durham Bulls. We now get into the final part of today's episode. Again, we've had a lot to talk about here on the show. Appreciate everyone joining us. We want to now take a look at the big Olympic qualifiers happening down in Port St. Lucie. 
as well as down at West Palm Beach, Florida. <clears throat> and we will take a look at the schedule for today. What are the games that will be happening on the schedule today here on a Memorial Day? We'll also make our predictions as well. Take a look at some of the rosters here for all the squads. And some news as well with one of the squads, Team Cuba, we'll talk about as well here on the podcast. As that is some kind of kind of big news with Team Cuba. Um, we'll actually get right into it. I guess we can get into it now. The big news with Team Cuba is... There was a player who actually defected to the U.S. who was on the team. So that was very, actually very big news coming from the Team Cuba side of things. I believe his name was, I believe it was Chris Preto, I believe his name was. Let me take a look here real quick. All right, but uh, Team Cuba, obviously one of the bigger stories, I would say, for the baseball side of things, at least this week when one of their players had defected from the actual team. So that was crazy news. I um, was actually very surprised, but um, it was Cesar Preto. He defected from the national team. This is actually the story here real quick. We'll read it off real quick for you. It's, uh, again, a very interesting story coming out of the Team Cuba camp heading into this Olympic tournament. So the team announced that on Wednesday that infielder Cesar Preto had defected from the team, according to a report by Lorenzo Reyes, and let me go back up to the top. Preto, 22, allegedly fled Cuba's national team, baseball team, shortly after their arrival in Florida to take part in a qualifying tournament for the Tokyo Olympics. The team confirmed Preto's defection in a statement, and this is what they said. His decision, which is a contrary to the commitment he made with both his country and the team, has generated repudi- repudiation among his colleagues and other members of the delegation who are willing to overcome foreign interests to be faithful to our homeland and the mission which we traveled to the tournament. Due to the ongoing, and obviously there is a very, there's tense, obviously, relationships with Cuba and the United States. There are a lot of players who do end up trying to seek to play in the major leagues, so they'll defect from their home country. Some guys who have done that is Cespedes, Yoenis Cespedes has done it, Yasiel Puig, Jose Abreu. Um, So there's a lot of guys who have ended up, you know, defecting from the country and have become big major league stars. But um, just a little bit about Preto. He did play for one of the in the Cuban National Series in his most recent season with one of the teams in the Cuban. I believe the Elefantes, which is probably the Elephants. Uh, Preto led the entire league with a 403 batting average, seven home runs, and 51 RBIs in 74 games for the National Series. So a big loss to the Cuban national team again. Well, I don't know if he just. I don't know if he's like let like he just left. He's probably. Just like hiding out somewhere, I imagine. He's probably not going to try and make too much crazy stuff. But Cuba's had a lot going on with their baseball team the last couple of days trying to get here. If you guys don't know, they actually had last-minute visas granted to them. So that was big. And then not only that, the player um, Cesar Preto, who is actually could have been a probably a big... That's a big loss for the Cuban national team heading into this tournament. So, again... Pretty big news. He defected from the team. He's now going to try and hopefully, I mean, maybe try and maybe sign with the team. We'll see what happens with that. But regardless on that, that is one of the big stories coming from this tournament already. And we haven't even started the tournament. But today is the start of the official tournament. Actually, in about 15 minutes, we got the first games kicking off with Team Cuba on the docket. I believe it is Team Cuba. Or no, they're at, yeah, Team Cube is actually playing at 1 today. So we'll take a look real quick at the schedule throughout the week. So we'll begin on today's schedule. At 1 o'clock, we have two games being played. 
we have Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic, and then we have Venezuela and Cuba. In the late-night games, USA will be playing Nicaragua, and Colombia will play Canada. Now, the groups, um, just to also clarify the groups here real quick. So, in Group A, we got USA, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, and Nicaragua. USA is ranked number 2, Dominicans ranked number 10, Puerto Rico is nationally ranked at number 11, and Nicaragua is the worst team in this entire tournament. They are number 15 in the actual tournament. We go into Group B. Cuba is number 8, Venezuela is ranked number 9, Canada is ranked number 12, and Colombia is ranked number 14 in the entire, I guess you would say, tournament or in the rankings for the world um, for baseball. So, again, we'll go through real quick, and we already went through day number 1, I believe. Again, we'll kind of re-say it here just in case you um, kind of got lost there for a minute. Um, Puerto Rico, Dominican, and then... Venezuela-Cuba are the 1 o'clock games. USA-Nicaragua is the late-night game, as well as Colombia-Canada. Then we have the second day. We have Colombia-Venezuela at 1, Nicaragua at Puerto Rico, which is obviously going to be in Florida. Um, that's going to be the other 1 o'clock game. Then the later evening game will be Canada-Cuba, Dominican, and the United States. That game will be kick off at 7, those games will be at and then on the second or the third day of the opening round the final day before we get into the super round it's nicaragua at the versus the dominican republic canada versus venezuela puerto rico versus usa and cuba versus colombia so that is going to be your schedule then in the super round you have the top two in each group they'll be facing off against each other so it'll be the second best versus the first best on day one and that'll be the second best in group b versus the best in a in the group a portion of it and then on the second day it'll be the second best from group a and group b facing off against each other and then the best of group a and b taken against each other so again usa dominican puerto rico and nicaragua group a cuba venezuela canada colombia all in group b so that is your schedule Let's take a look real quick now at the rosters for both all the squads. Kind of, we'll kind of not really go through everybody, but we'll at least take a look at the managers. Take a look real quick at who are some of the top names on all the teams. So we'll begin in Group A. We got the Dominican Republic. This is an interesting roster because they got some guys who you will definitely know, and then we got some young guys who I'm excited to see as well. So some of the main guys on this roster is Jose Batista and Melky Cabrera. Everyone knows who those two are. They obviously got to play with each other as well when they were the Blue Jays. But that that's going to be fun right there. Batista and Melky will definitely do some damage, I imagine. Um, and then minor league outfielder Julio Rodriguez, who's the number three prospect on Baseball America's Top 100. He's also going to be on this roster. Emilio Bonifacio is also on this roster as well. So a pretty good roster for the Dominican Republic here in this Olympic qualifier. And the team will be managed by Hector Borg, which is the Giants Latin America Director of Development. So, again, we're not going to go through every team's roster. Like, we're not going to go full through everybody who's on the roster. But we'll just kind of talk about, you know, each roster. I like Dominican's roster, man. They got a really good squad with, you know, Julio Rodriguez. That's going to be fun to watch and see how he does. Melky Cabrera, Jose Batista, Emilio Bonifacio, Jeffrey Perez is on this team. Jumbo Diaz is also on the team as well. There's a lot of guys who have played in the major leagues who are on this team this actually could be a team that could possibly make a running and get that bid 
for the Olympic tournament to make it to the Olympics. Again, the winner of this tournament makes it to the Olympics. They clinch a ticket, punch a ticket, if you will, to the tournament. We now take a look at Puerto Rico's roster, the other team in Group A, the second of four teams in Group A. Puerto Rico has Ivan de Jesus, Jesmel Valentin, and Noel Cuevas. They are managed by former outfielder and two-time AL MVP Juan Gonzalez. This team is not bad. They have some good guys on this team. Jason Garcia is on this team. Um, going through some other players, Ivan Maldonado is on this team. There's some good players on this squad. Excited to see what this team can do in the tournament. I think they could have a shot at actually winning the tournament possibly as well. Um, I think Group A is going to have a lot of good matchups. Even though I think Nicaragua is going to be the team, they're going to kind of be the odd man out. I think they're going to have a very fun Group A. I think that's going to be some really good matchups. I mean, you'll take a look for USA. They'll take on... Some really good teams with the Dominican. That's going to be a great matchup. They take on Puerto Rico. That's going to be a fun matchup. Um, so there's some really good matchups to watch out for. Even Dominican Puerto Rico, that's the first game. I'm probably going to watch that when I get off of doing this podcast. So that's going to be a really good first game to watch here to kick off this tournament. We now get into the USA professional roster. We'll take a look real quick. One of the big news is that Matt Wieters is not on the roster anymore, but this team is really good for Team USA. You got Matt Kemp on this roster, Todd Frazier, Homer Bailey, Joe Ryan, Matt Libertori, Logan Forsyth, Tim Federowitz. I mean, there's a lot of major league talent, a lot of guys who have been in the major leagues. This is going to be a good team. I think this team definitely has got the nice mix of, you know, veteran presence but you got some young guys with like anthony goss you got john jay on here um that's a good veteran president matthew libertori joe ryan's on this team luke williams is fun i've got to see luke williams play he's gonna be a cool guy to watch out for simon woods richardson this team is managed by mike skiosha who is the former angels manager he is back in baseball really cool to see him back and managing this team usa they were talking about him getting the job possibly so i'm really excited to see what he can do in this tournament this team usa team has a very good shot i think one of the best shots in this tournament to win it all i think they could clinch it we go to nicaragua nicaragua not a big 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 like not a crazy roster no major major players on this roster um trying to see if there's anybody that i know on this roster not not really a ton of guys I know on this roster really that I like I know off the top of my head. Um, it's not a it's not a good like it's not a great roster. It's not a powerful roster. I don't think they're gonna do much in this tournament. If I'm being honest, and again we'll make my we'll talk about my predictions. What I predicted for each day on the tournament and we'll talk about that in a minute head coach of this tournament is marvin bernard for the nicaragua team so that is the final team in group a so that again we got usa dominican republic puerto rico nicaragua in group a we now head into group b we'll take a look here at team canada some good players on team canada not too bad we saw we see that john axford's on here keelan d delgan is on this roster um Scott Matheson is on this roster. So there's some good major league talent, some guys who have gotten up to AAA or who have been in the major league. So it's a good group. Um, again, this is Team Canada we're looking at right now. The manager of the team is Ernie Witt. I believe he managed the team last year. We also see Paul Quantrill is in the roster. He's a former major league guy as well. So really nice. Good to see. Um, we got, again, Mullican is in the roster as well. That is... Um, 
Dustin Mulliken, former major leaguer. So not a terrible team, not a powerful team, but again, there's some good guys on here. They could make some noise. It could be an, I, I actually have them as a little bit of an uh, underdog, if you will, kind of a possibly a neat story to watch out for in the tournament. They could make some noise in this tournament. They're not in a, they're not in a heavy group. Like their group isn't probably the best. I mean, obviously group A is probably powerful group. I mean, you got USA, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, um, a lot of good major league talents on all three of those. So they, Canada could definitely make some noise in their group with Cuba, Venezuela, and Colombia. I think Cuba actually is probably going to struggle today. I think that's my, my big prediction is I think Cuba is not going to have a good day today just because of all the media surrounding with one of the players defecting you know with the whole visa issue like i think today team cuba is going to struggle a bit but i do think they get back on track for team cuba they got a good squad i mean you got uh yvonne prieto who's the brother of cesar prieto who obviously is not on the team right now um a few other guys who are on this team we have frank alvarez um Alfredo Despange is on the team. So this is a not a bad team for Team Cuba. They're definitely going to be a team to watch out for in this tournament. They're not a strong team. They're not stronger than I would say maybe the Dominican Republic. I think Dominican is actually probably better than Team Cuba. But I think Team Cuba can make some noise. you got a lot of veterans on this team um, and a lot of guys who also are youth. And uh, it's going to be a good mix. So we'll see what happens. And again, I, I think today Cuba is going to struggle a little bit. But I do see them bouncing back in the next couple of games in the actual opening round we now look at team Colombia, and also by the way the manager of that team is going to be armando armando ruse i believe his name is so um he'll be the team manager of team cuba we head into team Colombia. team Colombia is an interesting squad they got a lot of good young talent we got rivier sam martin former daytona tortuga we have Jeter Downs on this roster. That will be interesting to watch out for with him. A few other players as well. His brother Jerry Downs is on the roster. We got Jordan Diaz. Um, this is a interesting squad. Carlos Martinez, the catcher for the Atlanta Braves, is on the roster. This is an interesting roster. It's not a. It, it is the second worst roster on the team. There's a few young guys. I don't think Columbia is going to have a great tournament i think they're kind of lackluster on veterans at least major veterans if you will so i think it might they might struggle a little bit in this tournament but uh, we'll see what happens they got some young guys i'm excited to see like sam martin i'll probably be watching a little bit as well in the tournament so we'll see what happens with team columbia but they are the third team in group b and the final team and probably one of the top teams in this group is Team Venezuela. They got some good guys on this roster, man. Some fun guys that we'll be definitely watching. Anibal Sanchez and Will Ledesma are both on the roster. And also veteran catcher Robinson Torinos and Hernan Perez are both on the roster as well. They'll be managed by former Giants first base coach Jose Algocil. I hope I said his name right. I'm terrible with the names. But nonetheless... Take a look real quick at the roster. Uh, good good group, I think, of major league talent and young talent. Again, Anibal Sanchez is on the roster. It will be interesting to see how he does. Robinson Chirinos is on the roster. He's good, obviously, an all-star catcher. Um, Jose Rondon is on the roster. Hernan Perez, as we have mentioned. Um, this is a fun team, man. This is a good team. I think they can make some noise. Thomas Telez is on the roster as well. I didn't realize that. Um, Jesus Sembrano, 
there's some good young talent. Moises Gomez is on the roster. I like Gomez. He's a good uh, good player. So uh, we'll see what happens with this roster, but I think they're possibly going to make a run at it as well. So now we talk about my predictions here in this tournament. We'll look at day one. In day one, we have Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic. I have the Dominican taking this first game of this tournament i think dominican republic is going to be a team that will be very very tough to stop in this tournament because of how much major league talent there is plus young talent as well on that dominican republic team so i think the dominican republic will definitely be a contender in this tournament for sure venezuela because of everything happening with cuba and kind of them still in the media spotlight with their player defecting and also with the whole visa incident I think Team Venezuela gets the job done. They take game one. They beat Cuba in the first game of their, excuse me, of group play. We go into the third game of the first day here today, USA against Nicaragua. I'm going to go USA, and not only for the reason of I think they're better than Nicaragua, but also it is Memorial Day. You know, it's a day where we honor all the men and women who have unfortunately lost their lives in the armed forces. And I think, you know, USA gets the job done. I think they get it just because it's partially Memorial Day, so I, I give it to USA on the first day. And then Team Canada, I got them beating Colombia. I think Canada, again, as I mentioned, could be my surprise team here in this one. I think they, even though these predictions won't say that Canada is my team i do think canada can surprise and i think they could have a shot at actually going into the super round here in the tournament their group is not a very strong group so i think they could knock off a team like a venezuela or possibly a cuba um, and knock them out of group play and making it to the super round so we head into day number two columbia venezuela is one of the one o'clock games i do have the um, Venezuela national team beating the Colombian team. Um, again, as I mentioned, I'm not a big person with the Colombian team. I'm like I'm not big with that team right now, so that's who I have. Nicaragua and Puerto Rico. I got Puerto Rico beating, knocking off Nicaragua again. Nicaragua is probably the one with Colombia are probably the both. I would say bottom dwellers of this tournament. They're really not going to do much at all probably in this tournament. Um, and then I have Canada and then Canada-Cuba. This is the 7 o'clock game. I got Cuba beating Canada. And then for this game, this is going to be good. I'll definitely be watching this tomorrow. Dominican Republic and the United States going up against each other. I got the Dominican. I think, again, the Dominican Republic is going to be a very good team. I think they knock off the United States in this game. I think the Dominican just have a... I, as much as I like the USA team, and I think they have an all-around team as well, I think the Dominican just edges them out in this game, and I think it's going to come up to one of the veterans, guys like a Jose Batista or a Melky Cabrera. Um, we go into day number three, the final day of group play, Nicaragua and Dominican Republic. I got Dominican Republic easily over Nicaragua. At this point, Nicaragua is pretty much their day. Their, their, their tournament's pretty much over at this point. Canada and Venezuela. I got Venezuela knocking off Canada and pretty much taking them out of the actual running for the Super Round. But again, as I mentioned, I do think they can possibly make it. I just think with my predictions, I'm trying to play a little bit safe. So I'm taking Venezuela in that one. Puerto Rico and the United States. I got the United States. I think United's, this is going to be a very important game because either team can still make it. Puerto Rico is 1-1. One one. USA is 1-1. One 
I think though USA finds a way to get it done. They would, you know, they. I think for USA, they want to make it to the Olympics. I think they've been put down a lot, and I think they find a way to do it. And I think with their guys on their roster, I think they have a good team. Um, and then final game, Cuba, Colombia. Pretty much Colombia is out of it at this point, so Cuba pretty much gets a free win, free pass, if you will. So I'm gonna go Cuba in that game. All right, we go into the super round. So the first day of the super round is, and my f- top four, by the way, we'll go through the records of group play. So here's the records for group play and your top teams. So in group A, the two teams that will make it are the Dominican Republic and USA. Dominican finishes out with a 3-0 record, USA with a 2-1 record. Puerto Rico, they finish out with a 1-2 record, and Nicaragua 0-3. In group B, Cuba finishes out with a 2-1 record. They're in second, 1-2 for Canada, 0-3 for Colombia, and then the number one team is 3-0, that is Venezuela. So now we head into the Super Round. We have the A2 team, which is the United States. They will take on the B1 winner, which is Venezuela. I have the United States knocking off Venezuela in the first game of the Super Round on day one. Then Cuba, the B2 team, takes on the A1 team of the Dominican Republic. I had the Dominican beating the Cuban national team. And then on Thursday, March 20, or excuse me, on the Thursday game, I got... We got the USA taking on Venezuela, and I have the United States beating Cuba. Um, Excuse me, it's the A2 versus the B2, so it's USA versus Cuba. I got USA beating Cuba, and then on the A1 versus B1 matchup, I got the Venezuelan national team beating the Dominican. So at the end, we have USA at 2-0, Dominican at 1-1, Venezuela at 1-1, and Cuba at 0-2, and and I have the United States beating Venezuela in a championship game. I'm not sure if there is a championship game or if it's just a record, but either way, I still have the United States getting a jump because even if they do end up winning against Cuba and Venezuela, they will actually have the best record, which is 2-0 in the Super Round, so USA will definitely will end up winning regardless. So that is my predictions. I will post this on Instagram, so stay tuned for that. I'll also post it on Twitter as well. Um, and that's all I got. Again, that's pretty much all I got for this episode. I will be covering this tournament all week. I'll have one episode tomorrow. We'll talk about day opening day of that game of the actual tournament. We'll be talking about each game. We'll cover all of it. We'll talk about day two tomorrow. We'll also talk about minor league baseball Thursday. I will have a major league episode. Obviously it's our major league day. We'll talk about that. Um, we'll also talk about the tournament again as well. We'll talk about, um, the selection of all the teams for the NCAA regional tournament as well. So we got a lot to talk about this week, lots to cover, lots to get into, and I'm excited to jump in with everything with you guys. So we appreciate everyone joining us. We'll see you guys in our next podcast episode, and hopefully everyone has a safe remainder of the Memorial Day weekend. Peace out, guys. See you in our next show. We'll see you on Tuesday.